Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From, From page to screen. Afternoon. Hello. Ready when you are, and it takes you 30 seconds to answer. I don't know. What's the matter with you? 30 Jeez. seconds? Well, Your ti- time is going faster for you, Mr. Bellman. <laughs> Tell me about it. Story of my love life. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm about 30 seconds late because my boss sent me a message saying, oh, when you start your shift, can you fill this paperwork in? I'm thinking, pretty damn, gotcha. sure, pretty damn sure I don't start till tomorrow, but let me just double check and make sure it's not tonight because if it was tonight, I'd be sending you a very quick message saying, sorry, screwed up dates. Uh, I'm actually working a day earlier than I thought, but all is good. I'll start work tomorrow night, but then all is bad because I'll start work tomorrow night. So, you know, well, yeah. good and bad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, welcome, Mr. Robert Dyer. How's your week been? My week's been fine. Um, well, week in a bit. Yeah, that's um, true. Like a week, and we, we took a rest. Well, I say we. I'm like, I messaged you and went, can we do it Wednesday? And you went, yes. Because it gives yeah. I finished work on Sunday morning, so it like gave me time to actually watch stuff, which was quite pleasant. But, so, you know, we've all had lots going on, you know, in the past week and a half, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. Pancake Day. Mm-hmm. For me, pub night. Yeah. So, pub night, which I think we explained on the last podcast, but anybody's like, damn, Rob's been breaking lockdowns. A, pubs aren't open. Rob's opened a pub in his living room. Is it a living room That's or right. is it a kitchen? Um, it, it's uh, in the living room and the dining room. It's a spread uh, spread out a bit. Now, uh, to be... You know, sort for of, all the people. Oh, definitely, definitely all the people, all three of you, really. Yeah. Um, so have you separated some of the bathrooms or are they unisex bathrooms? Uh, I haven't got around to installing, installing the urinal yet. Mm-hmm. And have you installed uh-huh. machines in there? Because I think all pubs... I can't remember last time I was in a pub, to be fair. It's probably at least two years ago, way before lockdowns. What what machines are you on about? I've got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, arcade machine. I am obvi- Is that all right? I am obviously talking purely about the hand dryers. Uh, uh, no, uh, unfortunately, we're behind the times. We've got a, a good old-fashioned towel. Is that behind the times? Could you not remember? And I don't think me and you are frequent pub cores anyway. But we've been no. in, we've been in pubs <laughs> where at one time it was um, so towels were bad because mm-hmm. they're I don't know why they were bad, but apparently they were deemed bad. So then they thought, well, let's get these hand dryers in. And mm-hmm. then they came they became bad because they were energy non efficient and then they got paper towels and who knows mm-hmm. what the pubs are going to be like when they open back up. The whole world will have changed. VR towels. <laughs> VR towels. <laughs> that would you never know. That is uh very strange. So what else have you been up to? I know you've got some fish. Where so how are the yeah, fish doing? Some- the uh, the fish are doing fine, all ten of them, mm-hmm. um, swimming around and loving life in their new big environment. For the love of God, please tell me these fish don't have names, as in like each indiv- individual fish has a name. Not at the moment. Well, not at the moment. So this is a possibility that they may get named. That's right. Brilliant. And Abel, if you start naming fish, shut up. I am blocking you. <laughs> so, you know... 
<laughs> I don't want fish names firing down my Microsoft Teams for the next 40 odd <laughs> hours over the next four days. But I will block you, sir. Had uh, <laughs> one of their many different varieties of food uh, uh, tonight. They've had bug bites. Okay. Uh, which are things like mosquito larvae and oh, nice uh, and that kind of stuff. Something that they love uh, coming from uh, South America and uh, kind of enjoying life in rivers um, winding through forests. So you won't have watched any films this week. You will literally have just stared at fi- everything you're going to say. It's going to have fish related, isn't it? I go, well, I watched Finding Nemo, but I didn't. Uh, Finding Dory, <laughs> but I kind of didn't. Free Willy didn't. Jaws, Piranha, you know, Underwater, Deep Blue Sea, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Possibly everything's fish related or pub related, one of the two. So who's the better player at darts in your fam- in your pub night? Um, it's me at the moment. Ah, okay. By a long shot or just by just? Uh, quite a long shot, oh, based no. on the fact that I have actually played a game of darts in the past and nobody else has. Really? Oh, no. So how many people... Who was the first one to put one into a wall? Uh, Addy. Okay, and the second one, I'm guessing, was Nicole. <laughs> and I'm guessing you've not put one into a wall yet. Uh, I don't think so. Brilliant. <laughs> as long as you're having fun, though, which is amazing. Well, exactly. Um... We've, you know, we've got the dartboard, we've got, you know, the um, the bowls of peanuts back from the good old days of pubs. Yeah. We've got prawn cocktail crisps. We've got, you know, drinks, which, you know, for most people aren't that um, exciting. But for me, it's what I usually drink when I go out. So uh, a, a pint of lemon and lime, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm, I'm very happy about. And so is Addy. Um on top of that, we have um, things like dominoes. We've done the whole bingo thing. And every week now, there is a, a £5 jackpot prize yeah. that comes out of my pocket. So I hope I win it. Then I don't have to pay it out. Yeah, it would be good, wouldn't uh, it? I didn't win it last time. It was Addy who won. Don't be doing that thing where you let the child win. No, no, there was no letting. Yeah, good. That you know, we've got official bingo tickets ordered from uh, our good friends at Amazon, and um, we go onto YouTube, and there's lots of these bingo kind of calling videos. So you just pick one at random and start marking your tickets. And uh, no, Nicole won the line. Addy won the full house. Brilliant. So uh, I didn't win. Bugger all, which meant <laughs> Nicole had a pound from me, and Addy had a fiver. Brilliant. And I'm guessing you paid for the majority of the pub night as well. So you're coming off as a loser in this one. You are. (laughs) Because the whole um, don't, you know, always let a, it's not always let a child win. It's Mm -hmm. always let a Wookiee win or they may pull the arms out of your sockets. That's that's a Star Wars thing. It's not a child thing, just in case you were getting a little bit mixed up there. (laughs) I know you're more of a Star Trek fan. So, you know, I will forgive you. We did a pub quiz as well. Thanks to YouTube. Um, for this week's pub night, which we've got tomorrow, because we were going to have it tonight, but it's been postponed till tomorrow, so we've got more time because we just keep adding more things. Um, You've run out of prize money, haven't you? That's the truth. No, no, it's, it's, it is? it's not the case. What we've done is we've actually expanded our pub group, and before anybody starts reporting <gasps> me to the police, no, Nino, Nino, this Nino. is all being done virtually over our uh, portal, uh, Facebook portal device. So... My my parents are getting involved. Um, we've sent them the same 
set of bingo tickets from, uh, <laughs> from Amazon. Yep. They've got the bingo dabbers. They've got... Um, we, we bought this card game, which um, I think it's called... Um, uh, what's it called? Cards of Humanity. Go for that one. Spice no, no, it's, it, it's something like higher or lower or something like that. And how it, the, the basic premise is um, you, you've got something that says um, Disneyland Paris gets more visitors than the Eiffel Tower in a year. Um, yes or no kind of thing. Well, you say yeah or nay. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. So, so they've had a pack of cards like that. We've had a pack of cards like that. Um, so we're going to be doing quiz nights. We're going to be doing the bingo. And obviously, if they win, I'm going to be PayPaling money across. I'm, I'm really losing out on this one. You're going to be Kickstarter. So they'll be like, please help Rob out. He has a GoFundMe <laughs> page to pay for his pub night. So with the question about who visits more, Disneyland Paris or Eiffel Tower, I would think Disneyland Paris wins on that. And you are correct. That is one of the official yeah. questions, and, and you won. I mean, having been to the Eiffel Tower a few times and knowing, well, twice, and knowing how, uh, about three times actually, knowing how busy it is, mm-hmm. I still think that more families go to Disneyland. Yeah, I think than uh, than go up and down down the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower is amazing, but you know, I'd, I'd still rather go to Disneyland Paris because I've never been. Yeah. So you know. So yeah, it's it's all you know loads of fun that's just gonna kind of keep expanding because like i say there's more bingo players now more <laughs> people to take so, my money so how does darts work do your parents go up a bit up a bit down a bit down, left a bit <laughs> right throw it oh i missed no they don't get to join in on the darts you just get to watch um yeah all the dominoes um and not even the pool now because um <laughs> the the door went earlier and um my uh, my parents have surprised uh, Addy with a pool table. And before you go, oh my god, how did you get it into the house? We're talking about one of these little tabletop ones that's like what twelve inches. You've actually got a pool tip. That's amazing. Yep. So you know, impressive. pub night is on. You know what's going to happen though? This like uh, you'll you'll have the pub kitted out. It'll be amazing. And then you know, Boris will go right. We're all, we're all sorted now. You can all go out now. I mean, to be fair, I don't think you'd rush off to a pub anyway. Neither, no, no, neither no, would it, I. Exactly. It's like, no, it, I don't care. It really won't imp- impact me. You know, Boris will say, yep, yeah, everything's open again. They'll go, great, I'll just stay home yeah. like usual. <laughs> it's the same for me. It's like we have cinema nights, which when I'm not working for the four days, cinema night is pretty much every night. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they announce, yeah, cinemas are open, they'll be like, well, that's good for everybody. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all right. I'm st- <laughs> I still don't plan on going back to one anytime soon because I don't really go that often anyway because of timing and cost and stuff like that. So, No, I think the only thing that's happened with, obviously, we do cinema nights as well. So we've got cinema nights and pub nights. Yeah. The only thing that's going to happen once we can all get back to normal is we've already had people asking if they can come over and join in. So, um, yeah. so you know, there's people who want to come for pub night. Um, the dartboard seems to have been a big draw for that, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and not that they're expensive, so it doesn't make much sense. No, it's, it's one of them weird ones. It's like, where'd you get a dartboard, uh, Amazon? <laughs> I didn't know they sold those. <laughs> uh, yeah. I bet they're well expensive, though. Anyway, you could probably get one for like 20 quid or whatever. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's You know, the projector thing, I could understand. Because you go, how much is yeah. that? Several hundred pounds. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just use yours. All right. But a, a dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 an unusual one. But, but it's believe cool. it or not, we we've already had the Facebook messages. When when things uh, open up, can, mind if we come over and have a game of darts with you? Yeah, not problem. You're like no. 
<laughs> Put a little uh, open close sign thing on the door. Next thing you can start, your house will be a pub. Next time I probably see you, it will actually be a pub. There'll be a car park there. There'll be a little beer garden. There'll be <laughs> gravel to walk up and down, all that sort of stuff. So very unusual. So what is your? So is that normally your drink when you go to a pub? Then lemonade and lime. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, if if everybody else has been drinking and it's a bit too much for them to handle remembering what I like, then I'll, I will convert to Coke. But but otherwise, yeah, lemon and lime. Same. I think the only time I remember drinking alcohol was uh, right before the first Sci-Fi Whales when I realised, oh shit, <laughs> I'm going to be speaking to lots of people who I've never met before. And I'm like, uh, barman, bar woman, whatever it was, got remember, it was way, way back. Get me a vodka and orange. Hoink! <laughs> I think it was actually when um, you held the party on the opening. Yeah. And it was like... I was I think, just thinking, you, you were joining other people then, were you, without naming names? <laughs> yeah, well, I think Des was supposed to give um, like the opening thing, wasn't he? He didn't know, apparently. And he was like, what? I've got to do this. And then Fraser was like wigging out, going, well, Des didn't know. And I'm like, well, somebody's got to get up and talk. Sod it, I'll do it. I have no idea why I did that. I guess it was good practice for the following day. Uh, and I started off and then I got hiked off because Fraser went, right, leave Des alone now. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting quite into this. I quite like uh, hosting a party. And I'm in Virginia, hey, call me and go mention your podcast. I was uh, I was very chuffed. but I've, I've still know. got the emails. Um before that event, uh, back and forth with Des, where he agreed to do it. Yeah, but you, you remember that, though, don't you? And it was yeah. like, no, no, I didn't say I would do that. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. I wasn't party to all this lot, but somebody's got to do it. Oh, well, I will guess I'll have a go. But uh, those were the days. I think I've still got the video of that party, actually. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, still got tons of video. Need to go through it at some point. So it was, uh, yes, it was fun. So what else have you been up to? Um, watched a few films. Yep, same. Um, and and generally tried to have a relaxing week. Same. I I've watched a bunch, but I've also <laughs> tried to do nothing. Which I mean, <laughs> to be fair, how tiring it is it to sit down and watch a movie? It's not exactly exhausting, but sometimes when you have to watch a film, when you go, I need to watch something, then it can be mentally exhausting. But I've, I'm trying to reduce my list of films that are just getting longer by the week mm-hmm. so I've managed to chip away at a few of those but uh, I've during my work last week which it was obviously during breaks because I would never I would never do my own work during my own work shift that would be terrible and, and very bad uh, I was going through my autobiography and tidying up all the wording and this that and the other and I've now printed a copy of the first volume out of that which is 142 pages at the minute and that covers from birth up to age, I think it's something like 27, I think, 28. So, you know, there's a couple of years after that. Uh, so I've printed that out. It just felt like a, a natural uh, break. So this goes up to about 2002, I think. And I'm like, so right. watch out, Oliver, Oliver Stone. I'm charmed. Yeah, it's his fault for writing a book. Uh, I'm like, you know what? If Oliver can do it, I don't care if he's won Oscars. I can do it. Mine's mine's better. No, mine's re- <laughs> mine's really not better. Uh, so I've printed a copy of that out, and I'm going to go through it with pens. And one of my tasks this week is to, and it's the hard part because it's like I read over like four days. I read these 142 pages because the way that my work's set up is where I am. I've got two 32 inch monitors, 
So one of them is obviously the work stuff. So I'm doing my work. And then on the one just to my left, which is at like a 45 degree angle, I've got whatever else I choose to glance at while I'm doing it. So I can multitask like mad. It's really, really easy. And I've got, and I love the fact that you can have two keyboards plugged into one PC. That is amazing. (laughs) So I've got one keyboard plugged into one monitor. So, well, not plugged into the monitor, but pointing the monitor. And then the other one pointing the other monitor, so I can literally go and then turn to the left and then type on the other one and, and backwards and forwards. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, USB is the best invention ever. So <laughs> I was going through that lot, and then I got to the end of it, and I'm thinking, I'm sure there's loads of stories that I'm missing. So what I need to do is print it out and then just sit there with a pen and a piece of paper going, did I write the story when I did this, that, and the other? And then go through the paper copy and find out if they're actually in there and start filling in the gaps. And I also need to rename all the chapters because they're all like, you know, weird chapter titles. It was, uh, what was what was one of them called? Uh, Shitting in a bush. Shitting in a bush. That's not a chapter. That was literally just a paragraph. Uh, Neil Johnson messaged me, though, and he was laughing. He went, LOL, crapped in a bush. I'm like, brilliant. Thanks for that. And then Abel mentioned it very, very subtly. He said, I can't remember what he said, but he said something at work, and he said, oh, I just didn't really want to mention this. And then he mentioned that, and I'm like, you were doing well till you actually said it. But no, I'll let you off. Uh, no, there was one time when I went to work, and I used to take a flask to work with tea and drink it, but the dumb arse that I was, I'd not cleaned all the soap out so I'm like go, go, go. <laughs> so then I didn't take a flask to work anymore so the chapter is named after that soapy drinks or whatever it's called so I'm like I want to go through all the chapters and name them after the year that they're all just tidy it up and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I've done a lot of that uh, Oliver Stone's been busy looking at some of the tweets uh, very nerve wrackingly he liked a tweet that had the podcast link in it <laughs> um, I don't know if he's listening to it or not I'm sure well hello Oliver. I'm sure that Oliver Stone is way too busy uh, writing Chasing the Light Volume 2 to, uh, and we to, will to be far it. That's what I'm saying that right now. Would, you heard it here. I would like that. A nice little dedication at the beginning going, well, I wasn't really going to write this because I was going to write some more <laughs> amazing screenplays. But, you know, these two guys with funny accents kept pestering me and liking tweets. So I dedicate this to them. Please stop tweeting me. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> Uh, but it's kind of, it's weird. It's it's very strange when you see somebody that you're a massive fan of that is mega famous just clicking like on your tweet. It's like I really want to message them and go why why are you reading my tweets? But it's it's very cool. But it's a little bit odd. But but good odd. Uh, so I have done a lot more reading of Chasing the Light. I'm now into the the stuff about Scarface. So that has come out. Uh, there's a lot of fascinating stories about the making of that, um, which Oliver wrote the screenplay for. It's uh, see, I, I find with that book because the guy obviously very successful, you know, multi Oscar winner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crazy big films which we've discussed and stuff. But in the book, I'm learning as much about him and life in general from the successes that he talks about as I am from the failures. And he just he will talk about those. He's like, this happened and then that didn't happen, and I thought this is it, and I failed, and I was miserable. And so you learn as much about the downside. Uh, or you take as much away from the downside as you do from the successes. So it's a, it's a yeah. stupidly honest book, but I'm I'm loving it. But I've got past that middle section in the book, you know where they always put the photos? Oh, yeah. It always makes me a little bit sad when I get to that point of the book, because you're like, oh no, I've now got less pages to read than I've already <laughs> read. Ah, So, you know, I'm into that. But uh, I am definitely enjoying that. Um, it's been a strange week, but, you know... <sighs> 
Gina Carano got fired by Disney, which uh, made the internet rather grumpy again. So cancel culture <laughs> is still rampant and running around. They've moved on from Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. And then they, they decided to have a pop at Gina Carano from The Mandalorian for just being an idiot and uh, putting out silly tweets and voicing her opinion. Internet didn't like her opinion and then started pestering Disney and Lucasfilm to sack her, which obviously Disney standing up for employees didn't work because they just got rid of her. Uh, I haven't delved too much into what she said or all that sort of stuff, but apparently she is rather mouthy when it comes to people online. Uh, you know, <sighs> crazy. And uh, I think, that, who's, who are the internet going after now? They just seem to just go, it's a different person each day. I'm just waiting, yeah. I'm waiting for my turn. I'm sure it'll happen, but I'm not famous, so I'll probably be all right for a little bit, a couple of years. Uh, it is mad. Uh, Disney Star launches on the 23rd of February, so that by the time we do the next podcast next week, it will have launched, and I will probably have started my full rewatch of the season or the show 24. Again, mm-hmm. that'll be like the fourth time I've seen it, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure Annette will have started her rewatch of Desperate <clears throat> Housewives. So I uh, got some new Arrow Blu rays, so I was Ooh. talking about how I'm trying to make the list shorter. I've watched probably about five or six films this week, and I've bought another six films. So I bought American Werewolf in London, Carrie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original one, the original 70s version of Last House on the Left, a Roy Scheider thriller from the 80s called 52 Pickup, and a Michael Caine cross-dressing movie called Dress to Kill. So all stupidly loaded with special features, and all for £7.99 each from Arrow. And if you go on the Arrow website now, the sale's not on anymore, and they're all about 20 quid a pop. So, you know, <laughs> that is exactly why I uh, I will buy them when they're on sale. So that's not too bad. Mm. So what have you been up to then? What what have you been what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Mm. Right, well, um mostly not nothing to do with the homework we set. Oh so. no. It's like um, it's uh, like having Bob back on Magic at least you've watched something, so I'm I'm doing that from uh from just wonderful memories in my head of uh, of the eighties. That's the good thing about it, isn't it? You go, well, I watched the Goonies. Yeah. Did you though? Nope. Can you tell me but all I about the know. film? Yep. I also watched Ghostbusters. Did you? Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So go on. Over to you. So um, I watched uh, a movie on Amazon Prime called Greenland. Oh, I want to watch this. It's really mm. good. I really enjoyed it. Um. For, for those who are uh, unaware of what Greenland is, um, if you imagine um, everybody's uh, phone starts beeping, uh, radios go wild, TVs go mad, because asteroids are on the way to hit the Earth and yes. possibly wipe us all out. Oh, is this a true story? Because I'll be all right with that. I think I've had enough of the planet Earth for the past 12 months. Um, no, this this isn't a oh. true story. I have watched a true story, mm-hmm. but this wasn't the film. Oh. oh, well. But it was a very good one, and uh, I highly recommend it to anybody who loves a bit of uh, action and fun and and this is Jared Butler, isn't it? Is it like crazy, lots of action, Jared Butler, or is this more of a, a serious movie? Um, no, it, it's it's somewhere in the middle. Okay, you know, it, you know, it is serious. Um, the action that's there is warranted. You know what I mean? It's looking after your family and um, trying to get everyone into safety, and so uh, so yeah. 
it's a it's a good serious movie. I'll go on the serious side. Okay, that's good because I saw the trailer for that. I think I did one of these. You know, when you go into YouTube and you're like, films coming out in 2020, and that came up, and I'm like, that looks really good. And then you also get more excited when it shows like Netflix or Amazon because you're like, brilliant! I'll have to pay yeah. for that. <laughs> so yeah, highly recommended. So uh, go and watch it. Nice. I will. Um, then our family movie night for for cinema night was um, uh, also on Amazon Prime. Fairy tale, a true story. Uh, now, yeah, I've not seen that one. But I'm aware I don't of know it. if you remember the news story. Um, I, I remember it. You know, it was a good while ago um, that there was two girls in like kind of um, the was, I think it was about nineteen seventeen. Um, they uh, took some photographs of themselves with fairies. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. And Very famous pictures. No one knew how they did it. You know, they had like kind of Kodak look at the um, at the pictures, and Kodak saying no, they they definitely weren't doctored. You know, and um, and, and no one could work it out. And you know, people were going mad. You know, people were turning up at, at the site where they took the photos with nets. You know what I mean? Can they catch the fairies? Um, and and this is all about the true story with a little bit of fantasy put in there as well. So obviously the girls uh, in in this movie, um, other than the actual photos, they they actually do see little flying fairies and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, the um, it's all based on that true story, and it's a really good uh, good film because I remember the news uh, article mm. about kind of the fairy pictures. Uh, I think it was um, one of them had passed away i think and there was one remaining i think she finally kind of came out and told the truth so it was all over the the newspapers at the time um and yeah um it's a it's a really good family story so i remember seeing these photos in books because i don't you know as a kid you generally don't go i want a book about this dude if they're in your house you read them <laughs> so and i remember yeah. there being a book in my house and it had like all these different uh, like scary things so there's the photo of is it a ghost on the stairs and then there's the the Enfield haunting when the kids flying around the room and there's pictures of Loch Ness monsters and UFOs and and the fairy pictures were in there so I do remember them and I know I remember the film coming out but I never watched the film I didn't know the film was about that I thought it was just like yeah I know one of these bloody stupid th- movies about fairies type thing but I'll, I'll seek that one out now and all that it's yeah. It's based on that story. But no, I do remember those it pictures. Is, and it, uh, No spoilers, but it was faked, obviously, because otherwise we would know about the fairies. Yeah. Uh, they, were the little cardboard ones that they just put in front of the camera or something? I seem to remember. That, That's right. They, they, they literally cut some pictures of fairies yeah. out. Um and uh, um, and place them kind of with themselves as they took these photos, and uh, obviously no one could find any doctrine of the images because they weren't doctored. It was a, a picture of a picture. That's crazy. We should try that. We could maybe make some money to raise for your pub night by uh, fairy pictures or something like that. Like me with a a, a, a cutout picture of uh, Walker's Christian. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what else you watched that isn't part of our homework? Right, uh, the next one is a Netflix movie, uh, and this one is called uh, The Old Guard. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Um, you know, to me, it was very much like um, Highlander, but without the uh, decapitations. Yeah, and uh, without the, uh, the the Scottish Spaniard. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was Egyptian, uh, I think. You know, I really liked it. Yeah, you I did. know, that kind of movie, uh, that could have easily been a TV series for me, and uh, I would have been interested in every single episode. Apparently, they are doing a sequel, uh, though, so that's good. We are getting another one. It's good. But, you know, it's got some, you know, the effects are good, you know, because obviously everybody's used to seeing, like you say, you know, Sean Connery, um, you know, get into a bit of bother or, or whatever, having a fight. But you never see kind of them healing. Whereas in this movie, you see some great healing, you know, as they're coughing up bullets and this, their kind of body is expelling things from it. Now, did you know what the film was about before you watched it or did you just put it on? No, I just put it on. So did I. And I remember the first time that they started healing, I'm like, what? <laughs> Flip's going on here? And it took me a few seconds to go, all right, okay, that's the sort of film I'm watching. It did throw me a little bit because I knew nothing about it. This is what Netflix do, isn't it? They just go, here you go, yeah. watch that. You're like, what's that about? Like, don't, don't ask stupid questions. Just watch it for two yeah, minutes. Just, just we don't care. We don't care if you finish it or not. <laughs> just watch it for 120 seconds. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. And as usual, a lot of the internet didn't like it because they have no sense of escapism or anything like that. But uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, the next one I watched um, was one on Sky Cinema or Now TV, you, you know, whichever you've got. Um, and it's called Becky. Um, oh, yes. I saw this on. Um, I got a screener sent for that. A few. This is. Um, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Paul Blart. Kevin Mo- James. Mall Cop or whatever. Yes, it's him. Yeah. He's a. That is not a Kevin James role, is it? That one. It's like. I know. Whoa. This is exactly what drew me to it because I am a big, big Kevin mm, James fan. Me too. Like I say, I love, you know, King of Queens, which is where I saw the guy originally, yep. you know, and then you, like you say, you know, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Grown ups. You know, many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. So many things. And then. You know, I was flicking through for something to watch, and there's Becky, and it says Kevin James. I'm like, what? So I click onto it, and there's a picture of Kevin James as a convict. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, pretty much shaved head, big bushy beard, and I'm like, "How is this going to work? I've got to watch it." And I put it on. That's what dreamy. Oh my James. god! You must have been in in shock with that one then, because it's like I knew it was going to be a brutal film because it was, you know, I a knew press it was release. Be brutal as well, but I didn't know it was going to be as brutal as. And then it was probably halfway through <laughs> when I'm like, "Is that?" Is that Paul Blart? What? Let me let me IMDb that. Holy crap! It's mental. The film's insane. So, what did you think about yeah. it? I thought it was great. I'm telling you, the uh, the actor playing the the role of Becky, and I'm sorry, I don't have a name to hand at the moment. She is auditioning for um, Fear the Walking Dead or The Walking Dead, and she's doing a fantastic job. You know, she's the one you want on your team. Yeah in the zombie apocalypse you know there's no messing <laughs> there really isn't at all but she's she's done like a whole bunch of horror stuff anyway because she was in mm-hmm. uh, she's lulu wilson by the way so she's in ouija annabelle uh, the haunting of hill house that's where i first saw her uh, and then obviously she's star trek picard she's in an episode of that one i i am interested actually in knowing her age as well because she looks so young in the film uh, that is a very well. She was born in two thousand five, so she's sixteen this this October. Ah, so she was young in the film. She then. was. So yeah, that makes it you know even better. She's she's fantastic. So she was what like fifteen? Because uh, Becky was yeah. twenty twenty. Probably probably filmed it either very early twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. In which case she would have been like fourteen. But yeah, th- there's some things that happen in that it's film that brutal. were like, whoa, this is not pulling any punches at all. She, and as you said, she would just be perfect 
going into Fear the Walking Dead or The That's Walking I mean. Dead. You look at The Walking Dead and they're, they're, they're like, oh, some zombies are coming. What are we going to do? We've got, you know, we, we've left our swords at home. She's there. Oh, I've got this one. Give me the pencils. I mean, oh, God. Yeah, I, <laughs> brutal film, but very clever. Not like a, not a stupid film. Yeah. A very tough, brutal, no, nasty, grimy film and it just worked on every level yeah i remember being rather sh- yeah. rather shocked when i watched that one it's like this is not the film <laughs> that i thought i was going to watch i wasn't sure what sort of film i was going to watch but i didn't you think... know kevin james mr comedy guy and... no who's kevin J? oh he's been in the Ad- some adam sandler films oh i like him he's funny <laughs> don't watch becky then that is <laughs> it's a great film but it is not a comedy that's for damn sure nope. but uh no lulu wilson is amazing so she she would work in like a mad max movie or um yeah. And did you ever get around to watching Mad Max Fury Road, by the way? No, <gasps> not at all. Oh my God. And when you watch that, please, for the love of God, watch it on your projector. Please. Okay. Yes. So what else have you watched other than the amazing Becky? Um, a uh, mostly subtitled movie called uh, The Battle of Jiang Suri. Okay. I am not familiar with that one. Um, again, another Sky Cinema one, or now TV again, um, and it's about uh, the um, the Korean War, North versus South Korea. Okay, so same sort of era as Mash, so like fifty. Oh no, yeah, was that it was America versus Korea, wasn't Something, it? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, a bit later than that, yep. I think. Um, it stars um, obviously uh, a lot of Koreans, but also Megan Fox. Um, who plays uh, an American reporter? Yeah. Um, like I say, it's mostly subtitled. That you know the Americans have got an involvement in, in places, which obviously is uh, you know a, a, an English-speaking uh, role. Um, but most of it is action between North and South Korea, and um, all in Korean uh, with with subtitles. But I was really interested in because you know you know me. I, I've spoke about it before. I enjoy war movies. Um, uh, this is a, a real um, a real story of how uh, when the North North Korea started invading the South, um, there was one particular battlefield that that they needed that the South needed to defend, and they had no one. So what they did is they they sent a regiment of seven hundred student soldiers to defend it. Okay. And that's the story. And, uh, you know, these students, um, soldiers, you know, um, had like a week's training. Wow. And then were put out, you know, against kind of seasoned uh, North Korean soldiers. Um, And although at times it can be brutal, there's also this kind of kind of fun camaraderie comedic level to it as well there's one character you know um who is one of these student soldiers and you know it's just hilarious because um they um i don't think this is really a spoiler but um he manages they've got got no food and they're, they're really kind of um struggling and he manages to get some rice and um he's like they're all talking and they're like, well, what we're going to do? We've got no water, so he's like, well, the sea's over there, okay. and they're like, 
Really? And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. So he gets everybody's canteens, goes over, grabs some water, and the next thing, you know, everybody's uh, eating this rice and starting to spit it out or kind of nearly throw oh, up. Wow. And he's there just kind of shoveling it in, eating, 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 and eating. And just how it's filmed and how, how this guy is and the look of the guy, and you'll if you watch it, you'll see what I mean. Um, it's hilarious. Um, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, if you're into your war movies... Watch the Battle of Jangsuri. I know that's a sort of uh, that's a Bob film. I think that one. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably watch it too, but my list is getting too damn long. Yeah. So, <laughs> anything else? Uh, the last one is part of our homework, okay. and it is the last one on my list. And the eighties movie I watched was Drumroll, uh, Lethal Weapon. I nearly watched that, and I thought, Do you know what? I don't need to watch that because I have seen that. I know dozens of times, and I love that film. So, what, what's your thoughts on Lethal Weapon? If anybody's not seen Lethal Weapon, uh, just you know, go yeah. away and watch it now. I, I I love Lethal Weapon. I've always loved Lethal Weapon. I owned um, kind of all the movies on VHS before, obviously, yeah. the fourth one came Same. out. Um, it's yeah, my kind of thing. You know, that's that's the the movies I really used to enjoy. Um, the you know, watching it back now as an adult and, you know, uh, and I say that as in I haven't watched it for probably 10 years. Yeah. Um, Mel Gibson plays a fantastic unhinged person. He does. I wonder why. I don't know. He seems to, he just seems to have a natural thing to play somebody that's a little bit nuts and a little bit unhinged. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think the guy, people still bash him for stupid shit, he says, which, you know, shout out to Junior Carano for doing that as well. But it's like, on screen, Mel Gibson's a fucking legend. He's amazing. I would still, to yeah. this day, watch a film that's got Mel Gibson in it because I know I'm going to get an amazing performance and I do still watch all his films. Well, me too. I I was a huge Mel Gibson uh, fan and I still am a huge Mel Gibson mm. fan. You know, um, Braveheart and and all those kind of things. Absolutely fantastic. Yep. You can't, you know, fault the guy as an actor. No. So some people go, oh, you can fault him off screen. Well, maybe, but I've never met him off screen and until he's mean to me. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, kicks puppies or kittens or whatever. Mel is all right in my book. So here's the question, and you'll go, huh? Which version of Lethal mm. Weapon did you watch? Whatever the version was that was on the on the streaming platform. So I don't even know which version <laughs> that was. Uh, so there are two versions of the film. There's a 109-minute one, and there's one that's about eight minutes longer. And I remember mm-hmm. watching the first one. I think I didn't see it at the cinema because I wasn't old enough to go watch it, but I saw number two, number three, number four at the cinema. And number one I watched on VHS, and I just watched it to death. I just constantly watched that film because it was the coolest <laughs> action film of that time, I think. And then there was rumours of like all these scenes were cut out. You know what? What are these scenes? So this was back in a time when you could never really get hold of director's cuts. I think there was like, you know, there was a. I don't think the the other version of Blade Runner was out in the late eighties. But you would hear sort of rumours of these extended versions of Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon. And then one of the and they ended up reinstating these scenes and bringing out a director's cut, which is just short of two hours. Mm-hmm. And one of the scenes is near the beginning, and it's when he receives a call over the radio about this gunman in a playground. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that scene in the one you watched? 
Probably not, I don't think, because it seems... I don't think no. so, no. So basically he gets the call as a crazy sniper in a schoolyard and he just you know pulls up in his car and all the cops are hiding and the, the gunman's shouting and screaming, I want this, I want that. And, you know, Mel Gibson, Martin Riggs just walks straight into the yard, pulls out his gun, uh, bang, gets rid of the gunman. So it's such a cool scene. And there's also a few other scenes just littered around through the film. But if you get the chance I'm to watch it. I'm pretty the sure cut. then I've never seen the director's cut then, I'll, I'll, Because that doesn't ring a bell, even though I've watched it yep. a million and one times. That you that's not a scene you I've think you have it. watched. No. Ooh. Well that's good. I will uh, I will see what I can do to uh to try and get that for you. But it's the main thing that is the sniper thing at the beginning, so Mm-hmm. That's pretty but yeah, the I think the problem I had looking for kind of actiony films from the eighties is every film I came across that was that was on a streaming platform, yeah. I'd seen and I, I pretty much knew I was trying to find something new that that seemed exciting that I could, you know, tick the box of watching a film I haven't seen before, yeah. but also tick the box of an eighties action movie, and I couldn't really find any. Maybe I it's because I didn't know what I was looking for. See, I I but, found there was a lack of them on the streaming yeah. platforms. I remember probably a few weeks back, might even be a few months ago, who knows, because timescales don't mean anything anymore, but on Netflix actually had an 80s film channel thing. And that was easy, that was great. You'd scroll along and you'd just watch them all, and it's not there anymore. So mm-hmm. unless you find one that you know is there, and then you go, right, So you and then you watch it, and then it says, this is what else you might like. It's difficult. It's yeah. not easy to find. And I even ended up pulling up a list of uh, 80s films on Netflix from the internet. And it was a damn short list. And even Amazon Prime wasn't amazing. There was no 80s action. Even no. You go through the action thing, it's all like 90s at the latest or at the earliest. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of yeah. modern action films, you know, things like Red and Red 2 and all, and all these Jared Butler films and stuff. So I found it quite difficult. To, I did end up finding quite a few. But it was lacking so I don't know where all these 80s yeah. films and Disney Plus I don't think would be amazing at the minute for uh, for 80s <laughs> films I think it will get better once Star launches on the 23rd but uh, no I, mm-hmm. I kind of struggled so and the reason that I picked 80s films was and this is an amazing documentary I didn't even know it was on there so what I've started doing it's we often talk about how we miss video stores, and I, you know, because we, mm-hmm. we used to go in, we used to browse, and you go, oh, "What's this?" And then you would take it home and you would watch it, and then you would have to rent it the week after, and the week after, and the week after. But that's enough about Ewoks. Uh, it was, and I think if you go on Amazon or Netflix, you just literally just scroll through stuff, and that's kind of the equivalent of picking up boxes and putting them down to a certain extent so I was browsing through Amazon and I, came, I saw this thing that had like a, a real flashy cover art and I'm like what's that and it had Last Action Hero on it and I thought well that's not the cover art for the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie what is this thing and it was in the documentary section it's called In Search of the Last Action Heroes so I clicked on it and I'm like what's it two hours and 20 minutes what's this let's give it a go and let's see what this is and it's a, it's a near enough two and a half hour retrospective of 80s action films and Ooh. it is literally a case of, right, now we're going to take you on a journey from the late 70s right through to the, the mid-90s of just all these different action films. And Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and stuff is in there. But it doesn't... T- and they have, obviously, 
the the talking heads. So you know, somebody be sat in a chair. Oh, I remember when this happened, and I remember when that happened. And mm-hmm. but it's not your Van Dams and your Seagulls and your Stallones and your Schwarzeneggers. It's all it's people like Cynthia Rothrock, who was an '80s action martial artist, and it's like I haven't seen her since the '80s. What's she been doing? They've managed yeah. to get her. And uh, Mario Casar, who was a producer, who produced things like Terminator 2, Total Recall, Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So this, and I've never seen Mario Casar talking. I'm like, oh my god, it's uh, Peter McDonald who directed Rambo 3. So it's all these. Uh, Vernon Wells from Weird Science and Commando. Mm-hmm. So it's all the people that you, if you've seen all the action films, you know their names but it's very, very rare that you actually get to see them being interviewed. And it was well cool. I would happily, I did a review and I said the worst thing about this documentary is it's only two and a half hours. I wanted to watch it. <laughs> I could happily have watched it for another two and a half hours so then it sort of reinvigorated my right i need to watch some 80s films which was i think during watching that documentary was when i texted you going let's do 80s Mm -hmm. action films but then i found that there weren't really that many on the streaming platforms it's like damn it so that was a struggle and i think i think this is something i've mentioned before once if if you sit and you go Ooh, I remember that film from the eighties or the seventies or or something like that. And you go, ooh, let's let's see if uh, any of these uh, streaming platforms have got yeah. it. It's really hit and miss. You know, you're lucky to find something, um, and this is where owning the DVD or whatever comes into its own um, because the streaming platforms are constantly trying to put new content on content on there to, to keep you watching, whether it's good or bad content or whether it's um, kind of all subtitled or not it's it's just new content and and really you know a lot of the stuff that's really good and worth watching from kind of the 80s and 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 before that has been lost yeah it really has and i'm hoping i don't know i don't know where they'll pop up they're they're obviously going to pop up sometime but but i i wanted to stick to streaming platforms because it'd be i don't want to come on a podcast and go hey watch this film and it's amazing but you can't watch it on any streaming platforms you're gonna have to go and buy the blu-ray for like 20 quid so i always tend to go to the streamers first but i have a lot of 80s films uh on dvd and and blu-ray and stuff but that documentary in search of the last action heroes was amazing on amazon prime and it's free so that is always a good price to mm-hmm. pay, so I would definitely check that out. So for my 80s films, I have watched some that aren't homeworks. So I'll go through my homework ones first. Not so much of an action film, but it does have action scenes in it. So some of mine are a bit like, really, is that an action film? Because I saw them on the streamers, and I'm like, <laughs> I really want to watch that film. Yes, it's from the 80s. I don't care if it's not an action film. So I watched Stir Crazy from 1980, starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Uh, I'd recently mm-hmm. watched this documentary all about Gene Wilder's life and it showed clips from like Silver Streak and See No Evil, Hear No Evil and Stir Crazy and thought I really want to watch all the Gene Wilder films again. So I was, I think this is on Netflix, so I scrolled across that and I'm like, it's 80s kind of little bit of action in it but not tons but it's Gene Wilder <laughs> so I'm going to watch it. I don't know if that's a film you've ever seen uh, it's, oh, it's, uh, what's your thoughts on Gene Wilder I mean a, a lot of people ju- just associate him with Willy Wonka don't they go I've not seen anything else with him but I think he's a very very funny guy but uh, yeah I totally agree with you um, 
you know, I, I love quite a, quite a few of his movies. So uh. definitely check out Stir Crazy. They play a couple of guys who lose their jobs in New York, so they decide I'm going to go on mm-hmm. the road and we'll we'll park up in this little town and we'll get a job. They unwittingly get thrown into jail for like 20 years or hundred, about 100 <laughs> years or something for robbing a bank, even though they didn't rob a bank. Somebody stole their chicken outfits and robbed the bank for them so they get thrown into jail and they have to like plan a jailbreak uh, but it's oh god it's very very funny so i would check that one out um the other 80s film i watched or one of the other ones was life force which is a sci-fi movie which i'm hoping you've you may have seen from 1985 it's about space vampires You've no. never seen it, okay? It's directed by Toby no. Hooper, who did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's not like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And a bunch of astronauts are investigating Halley's Comet, and they find that there's a 150-mile-long structure in the tail of Halley's Comet. So they go, oh, that's kind of weird. Let's go investigate that, which is generally not a good thing to do in a sci-fi movie. They clearly hadn't seen Alien. So they go in there, <laughs> and then next thing... Oh, the spaceship gone. Nobody knows what's happened to them. So they, uh, a space shuttle is sent up to try and find out what is going on, and then they bring back down this uh, this woman who is totally naked, and she's a space vampire. Uh, and the space vampires sort of run ragged and terrorize Earth and all that sort of crazy craziness going on. But it features a, a pretty early appearance by Patrick Stewart, so he's uh, he's definitely hamming it up in life force but i think it's definitely a rob film it's definitely not an addy film because the main actress she's literally nude all the way through space vampires don't they don't wear clothes apparently um if you're a male space vampire you wear pants but you don't wear a shirt but if you're the lady space vampire you don't wear anything so where do they get their pants from they actually steal them from their victims because they are there to steal rather than drink blood they are there to to drink the life force hence hence the title and steal your pants I know for a fact that Neil Johnson's seen this film because he got very excited when I messaged uh, him telling him I was watching that one Uh, that was an Arrow Blu-ray that I picked up so I don't think that is available on any streamers Uh, another 80s film I watched was The Delta Force which is based on a true story of a plane hijacking but rather than have this be a pure realistic drama Chuck Norris saves the day in this one so uh, you got Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin and the first half of it is like a plane hijacking with all the hostages and all that sort of stuff you've got Robert Forster in there and they've brown faced him up to make him look like an Israeli terrorist so I'm guessing you wouldn't get away with doing that nowadays and uh, the second half is like Chuck Norris running around with Uzis, spraying bullets at hijackers and generally saving planet Earth. So it's, uh, it's, it's a good old fun film, but it's very, very 80s. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much my 80s thing. Because I was thinking, it's like, I, am, I don't envy you because you weren't there, so you can watch it. But um, I don't want to feel sorry for you because that sounds quite terrible. But I remember watching films in the 80s, and certainly when I was going through my, my book thing, is on many occasions I would see uh, like a picture in the paper of a film title, little little tiny little black and white newspaper grainy film post, and go, mm. that looks good. And then I would look to see if it was on at the cinema, one of the three screens, and then I would, hey, what oh, it is? It's on at half past two. So I would go down 
and I would stand outside the cinema, not having a damn clue what the film was going to be about. And then I would look, I would either get in or I wouldn't get in. If I didn't, I would wait till the next showing, which would be like two and a half hours after that. But you know, what else <laughs> you got to do as a kid? I'm not going home. I'm staying wait. And then you would go in and you would see the story unfold beyond your eyes. Now, I don't know what that was like when you were watching films, probably in the late nine, late eight. Early 90s, mid 90s? When were you sort of frequenting cinemas more often? Um, mid 90s, I would guess, maybe? Yeah, mid 90s. What was it like for you um, then? Was it a case of you did not know anything about the film you were going to watch? or Because or, at that time, obviously, everything was everywhere and there was an internet and everything, wasn't there? Yeah, um, to be honest, I didn't get to go to the cinema a lot. Um, that, you know, by the time I was going to the cinema, um, it was probably late nineties, really. That was when I was getting up and taking myself to the cinema and it, it was mostly, um, Star Trek or it was, um, movies that, you know, friends have said, oh, come on, let's go and see this at the movie. Uh, you know, theatre, and I'd be like, oh, what, what's that then? Oh, yes, yeah, this uh, uh, East to East thing, it's about a dog. Oh, okay. I love that yeah, film. East to East is amazing. <laughs> Great film. And how old were you when you saw that then? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure it was at high school. Wow. Funny film, though. Sequel's terrible. First mm. one, very, very funny. You know, most of my time was spent at home, in my bedroom, you know, watching Star Trek on VHS. <laughs> um, speaking about the 80s, though, I, I have to say, whilst searching out 80s movies, yeah. um, uh, I didn't re-watch this just because I didn't class it as an action movie, but um, I came across Coming to America, which is yes. a, a, a huge movie yeah. of mine. And now Amazon is close, you know, and I think it's just weeks yep. away. We're bringing out Coming to America yep. too for the bargain price of one hundred and twenty-five million dollars, apparently. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, but I also get really nervous about stuff like this because it's like I know that Eddie Murphy's funny. He wasn't funny for quite a while, but then he became funny again. And I just I don't mm-hmm. want this film to suck. You know, it's like because no matter how funny Eddie Murphy is now. Is he going to be as funny as he was in Trading Places or Coming to America or the first Beverly Hills Cop? I, I hope Well, all I, I can so. say is, probably, I so. I, I've got huge hopes for it because I'm on the IMDb page. Um, Eddie Murphy's credited with, obviously, is a key yep. role, um, but also Clarence, Brilliant. Saul, Randy Watson, Sexual Chocolate, <laughs> Farmer 2, Mr. Denson, Randy Watson... PDBL, um, you know, the list goes on. So I'm excited. I hope it's good. It's just I get really, uh, it's sort of a social media thing, isn't it? Where something good comes out, and then you look online, and people are just crapping on it. You're like, really? Do you? I see this more and more. It's like you see it a lot with the sponsored posts. Uh, I saw Very, who are a catalog company, advertising 
uh, on my Instagram or whatever, they come up and they're like, look, PlayStation accessories. And then you look at the comments and everybody's just like laying into them going, what's the point? We can't get a console. What's the matter with you? It's like, well, they were in stock. <laughs> They've just sold out. Or, or Disney going, hey, look, we're giving you all this extra content on the 23rd of February, all these shows that used to be Fox shows, but now we're bringing them to you. And it's just people going, oh, shut up, you, you, you're putting the price up £2. It's like, stop crapping on people. <laughs> it's just like, get a grip. And you just think, well, that's probably going to happen with coming to America. In any film, to be honest, they go, hey, look, this is a really funny film for you to watch, effectively for free. Really, when you think, I know we pay mm-hmm. for Amazon and stuff, but you know, it's not like we pay per film. We pay, but we pay. No. If you watch it properly, we pay next to nothing per per movie. Mm-hmm. So they they're pretty much say, look, we've paid 125 million dollars for this film. Watch it. There you go. You don't have to pay any extra. Just watch it. Mm-hmm. And the internet will be like, screw you. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? <laughs> it's like, get a grip. Cheer up, for God's sake. You see, and and this is why I like my my bubble. Yeah. Because that those people aren't in my bubble, you know. I, I I'm quite happily, you know, stumbling about uh, the uh, the internet or well, my um, streaming platforms, and coming to America. Yep, that's the good '80s movie. Oh, what's that say in the, the description? Coming to America two is yeah. coming out. I'm happy. I don't care what anybody else no. thinks. I don't blame you. I I read reviews and stuff after I've watched the film. I don't. I would never read people's reviews and then not watch the film that I wanted to watch. I mean, there's a very few mm. select people. It's like if I watch something and or I was going to watch something, you went serious and I watched that. It's terrible. You will not like it. Then I would trust your recommendation. But it's a yeah. very very short list. It's probably like you, Neil. Uh, I'll take Abel's recommendations. He generally will not bash something and tell me not to watch it, but he'll give me a good review, and he's been spot on so far. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very select list that I have. I certainly would not let the internet dictate what I watched. Uh, if anything, I would probably be more inclined to watch it if they kick the crap out of it, because it's like, do you know what? I want to see if it's right, because I quite enjoy when mm-hmm. I like it and they don't, because it proves that they're wrong and I was right. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to watching Coming to America. That's, uh, I do, I do yeah. like Eddie Murphy movies. Uh, I just hope it's not too PG because that's mm-hmm. the thing about the you don't necessarily need swearing to be funny but I think if you look at the Eddie Murphy films certainly the Beverly Hills Cop ones the first two are amazing I love the first two yeah. the third one is not good at all because they've diluted what mm-hmm. Axel Foley was and it's just not yeah. as funny as he was there so, you know, trading places would be great but if you toned that down to a PG that wouldn't be half as funny or half as great because Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis would not have taken the top off. So, you know, that was a highlight of the movie. So what are we going to get? What are we to going a, to get? To America is a, a PG-13. Okay. So that's a, an F-bombs allowed hmm. in there. But obviously the first movie was a 15. Yes. I mean, you've got to think, though, back then there was no PG-13. True. But I mean, they kind of... No, I think the, P, the first PG was... It's either Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, or Gremlins. So there, it, there was one around that time, but for home video, there was no uh, twelve, which I think is the closest we've got in the UK, isn't it? Because I remember the twelve certificate coming out on VHS. I think it was a Pelican Brief that was the first one. It was Julia Roberts' legal thriller, and it was like 
12 certificate. And we were in the video shop at the time. We're like, how the hell are we going to police that? Because, you know, you look at somebody and you go, <laughs> 12 or 13. I don't know. What? How do you tell? You know, it's easy to tell the difference. You know, you could look at Addy and go, she's not 15. You're not having cruel intentions mm. or whatever. Um, but the whole 12 sort of age got quite tricky. It's like, how, how do we do oh, that? Oh, kid, shoves your butt Pretty back. much, yeah. Show, prove, prove that you're 12, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh, but we adapted very, very quickly. But, um, but no, I'm looking forward to watching Coming to America 2. Mm. It, it'll be really nice to watch a big film. And by that, I mean like a Hollywood film starring Eddie Murphy yeah. or that's what looks great about Greenland where you go, oh, it's Jared mm-hmm. Butler. Because I don't know about you, and I love indie films, but I'm kind mm-hmm. of, it's like, no, I need something glossy. I need something with a, yeah. where they've spent $60 million on the soundtrack. I need something that's like, <laughs> got been edited for like eight months. Um, and I'm looking at a lot of the press releases and stuff that are coming through to, to my website and stuff. And you think, I've never heard of like three quarters of these films because all the, the there are no major ones coming out because they're all delayed mm-hmm. till whenever who knows when yeah. so it's uh, it's nice to get it was, that's why it was great to get Borat too it was like brilliant mm-hmm. a brand name a franchise yay watch that now we get coming to America too so that'll be good so that when does that air when's that drop um Good question. Let's uh, see what we're told. 5th of March. Less than a month, we will have watched Coming to America. Just over two weeks. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Yeah, me too. And and that is something that will be on the the big screen projector. And I think... Now, you know, the original ones are 15. You know, do I show Addy? Do I not? It's one of those things you're torn... I mean, the good thing... Because it's, it's a good, funny movie, you know. It's, But also, I will have forgotten any, you know, kind of... Well, appar- apparently... Huge bouts of... <laughs> according badness. to the MPAA, it is rated, rated PG-13 for crude and sexual content, language, and drug content. Now, drug content, we know, will be a case of maybe some cocaine or probably smoke, smoking adult, yeah. <laughs> smoking weed or whatever. It's not going to be shooting up heroin, is it, on a PG-13? No. Uh, language will probably be, I would probably say, one or two. Maybe F-bombs, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of shits. You're not going to get a C-word in a PG-13, so you're okay on that one. No. And the crude and sexual content will just be Eddie Murphy just doing his innuendo stuff. Mm. Uh, I say just take a risk. I say, you know what, yeah. it's, it's not a Serbian film or, or hostile or sore or anything. It's give it a go. Because <laughs> how old is she now, anyway? Uh, eight, almost nine. So how old were you when you would probably have sort of started watching films like... I mean, not necessarily Coming to America 1, but sort of the PG-13 um, comedy. I probably would have been watching them maybe a year or two after Addy's age, I think. I, I probably around the eight or nine myself yeah. uh with you know like say um working on a, a vhs market stall um it was just you know grab what you want and and watch it, it. <laughs> that's the one thing that baffles me about netflix is there's no real certificates on there <laughs> there's no you can literally as a kid you could just click on anything it's very it's very strange mm. 
But I suppose you could do that when we were kids and just pick up a VHS and put it in the player when your parents weren't around and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. But uh, you could always watch it once. Uh, or, depending who watches it, when I watch it, if you've not seen it, I will take note of how dodgy it is and then I'll give you a genuine review on yes, there's a lot of swearing or no, there isn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it uh, it looks it looks pretty good. Yeah. So this week I have been uh, watching a few films on the projector. So this is outside the the eighties films. So do you, can you still watch? I mean, obviously you've watched a lot of eighties films, your Ghostbusters and Goonies and and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. How envious are you that I got to see Goonies, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, uh, all three Indiana Jones films without knowing anything about them whatsoever? Until the, <laughs> the the film came up, that's it's that pretty, is pretty cool. cool. It's uh, you know my my one claim to fame um, is that I did get to see Gremlins at oh, the cinema. Nice. Was that a real? That must have been a um, reissue then. I'm presuming it was. Um, all I remember though is um, kind of during all the action, this one cinema had. Um, this huge bar was kind of underneath the cinema to one side and their kind of beer cellars were directly underneath the the cinema and they must have had a delivery of beer as this was being played because you, you could you could you just knew that the the beer barrels were being kind of rolled underneath you the rumbles and everything it was uh it was really good it it, it it certainly added to the movie. Did you? Um, I saw Gremlins two at the cinema, but I didn't see mm-hmm. the first one. I think the first one was huge on uh, on VHS. I remember watching that lots. But I remember watching the second one, and uh, that was the first film I saw where they had different versions at the cinema that they did on home video. Because in the cinema one, they had the film breaking down part way through. And uh, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. appeared in it, which is like, what? <laughs> and then on the home video one, I think it was like John Wayne or something, I think, that appeared in the home video one. So that was like kind of a weird experience. But uh, I think mm-hmm. looking back nostalgia-wise, I think the 80s and probably the very early 90s, but certainly the, the decade of the 80s and the late 70s was absolutely amazing to go to the cinema because you knew nothing about, the film that you were going to watch I, I, the one that springs yeah. to mind I think it was actually there's two one of them is uh, Return of the Jedi which was so cool knowing oh my god you waited three years for this thing and then the lights go down and the Lucasfilm fanfare comes on and you're like oh my god I'm about to find <laughs> out what's going on here but the other one was Supergirl which I uh, one of my favourite movies film. growing love up love that movie and that was so cool to just sort of go, oh my God, I'm watching another Superman movie that isn't really a Superman movie and this is just going to be... And it's not as good as the Superman movies, but it's still a stupidly cool movie. I love that. I love that mm. film. Uh, and I knew nothing about it other than obviously the poster with Helen Slater stood there with her hands on her hips and you go, okay, don't know who she is and how the heck have they got a Supergirl? Because she wasn't mentioned in the first two movies. What's going on? <laughs> Let's find out. And uh, obviously the cousin of Kal-El. See, that was one of my, uh, you know, back in the day of VHS where you had your um, recorded VHS from, you know, movies shown on on TV. That was one of my uh, collection, um, Supergirl. Again. You know, along with Grease, Dirty Dancing. 
and uh, a load of Neighbours oh episodes. God. Yeah, so, so, what can I say? Supergirl <laughs> again. There's a film, uh, two versions of that out there. There's one that's like half an hour longer, which is really yeah. So it's called the International Cut for some reason. So, um, but yeah, and there was a lot of extra footage in that one as well. So a, they did that with a lot of the mm, Superman yeah. movies. They would, because I'm a bit freaked me out, certainly with Superman 3, which I'd seen at the cinema, mm-hmm. and that was like, they had warnings on the poster, this film is scary. You know, and you go in, you go, what the hell? It was obviously <laughs> when the woman turns into a robot at the end and like and starts going, going crazy and whatnot. That was deemed scary for mm-hmm. kids. And there's the opening credits of Superman 3, which is like this weird sort of Looney Tunes montage, isn't it? Where like a sprinkler goes mm-hmm. off and then fills a car up and then Superman rips the roof off and all this sort of crazy, <laughs> wacky type thing. And then I remember watching it on TV a few years after and there was bits in that montage and I'm thinking, I've never seen that part before. What the hell is going And it was so much longer. And it was because there were different versions for the TV than there were for video. And they're quite hard to get hold of. There's one for Superman 1, uh, which I think they released on Blu-ray. There's what there's the alternate cut for Superman 2, which is just amazing, because that's like a totally different film. None of your Paris stuff in there with the elevator. That's not even in there anymore. Uh, and then there's the one for wow. Superman 3. And then Superman 4, Quest for Peace, the, which is a mess of a film, really. But there's, there was a lot of stuff shot for that that I don't think has ever been seen. Like two versions of Nuclear Man were in that one originally, and and all that sort of stuff. So you know, you sort of delve into the trivia of the Superman movies and Supergirl. There's a lot of extra footage in there. So you know, I think mm-hmm. somewhere there needs to be a super cool box set that comes out. I do have a box set which I think is like ten discs, which is it's. And it's not even everything. So I will show you that at some point when I, when I see you next. It's a big silver tin with just a crazy amount of uh, of Superman discs and stuff in there. But, uh, but yeah, the Very decade cool. of the 80s was amazing to go to cinema and video stores. You get to watch things like Lethal Weapon. So, um, But yeah, there you go. So yeah, seek out In Search of the Last Action Heroes on Amazon Prime. Two hours and 20 minutes of just pure nostalgia and behind the scenes stories about making some of those movies so projector wise this week because uh, Annette's got her whole Tom Hanks, Robin Williams Jason Blum produced movies thing going on, she's not really watched any Tom Hanks, she's not watched any <laughs> Robin Williams but Bl- Jason Blum is he's a film producer and he produces, uh, generally producers do, he produces a lot of these horror movies you know, your paranormal activities, mm-hmm. The Purge, Sinister, Insidious, all that sort of, you know, them creepy big brand name ones that, that come out. And so Annette's like, well, I want to watch this. I'm like, I want to watch that. Never seen that. So we've stored all these Jason Bloom films out, up to when I'm off work. So over the past four days, I think we've watched like four films produced by Jason Blum on the projector. Uh, so poor Annette's heart is just given out, I think, because she's like screaming. Screaming and jumping and stuff like that. So we watched Paranormal Activity Three, which is really good. That is on Netflix, which is actually a prequel to the first Paranormal film and the second one. This one's set in 1988 and follows a couple of kids that you would then see as adults in the other Paranormal Activity things. Uh, this is mm-hmm. the jumpiest one of the Paranormal Activity films. They've timed the jump scares perfectly so poor old Annette's heart was nearly <laughs> given out and then I don't know if you sat next to somebody and they jump 
you jump because she's like, well, what, what, what did you scream for? And so, yeah, she was turning me into bag of nerves with that one. Uh, I then watched Sinister, which is starring Ethan Hawke, which is uh, it's about a guy who writes a book, played by Ethan Hawke, and he finds a box of Super 8 movies in his house. And then it's like, ooh, hang on a minute. I think some people may, may have died in this house. Let me research. And then it all goes creepy and ghosty and... Uh, so that was very, very good. That freaked Annette out because of the soundtrack, the the musical soundtrack. <laughs> so me being me, the nice, caring soul I am, I uh, downloaded the soundtrack from iTunes, uh, put it on my iPod <laughs> and then pressed play when I wasn't in the room. <laughs> freaked her out a little bit. So, you know, the, the, the couch is comfy. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to sleeping on that. So that is also on Netflix. <laughs> uh, Paranormal Activity 4 we watched from 2012, which was really, really good. Uh, but you know similar type of stuff to the other one and then last night we watched one called Dark Skies which I knew nothing about and this was on Shudder and it is about a family that move into a house but some weird stuff goes on so you're like I'm kind of seeing a pattern here with Jason Blum people in a house some weird stuff Mm -hmm. goes on but this is about alien abduction and uh, so I, I'd worked out the plot because I'm like, oh, that's what this is, and that's what I. She's like, how do you know that? Have you seen this before? And I'm like, nope. But I used to, U- I used to research UFOs and alien abduction. So this is following it actually quite well. Uh, so that was a really good film. So I enjoyed that. That was Dark Skies. And then today we watched uh, the next Jason Bloom one, which was 2013, The Lords of Salem, which is a Rob Zombie film from uh, from 2013 about witches, and it was crap. So we, we sort of we lasted about 40 minutes. We're like, yeah, we're done. Could not get into that at all. And I am a fan of Rob Zombie's films, but I just I'm not a fan of witchcraft. I don't and I know I'm mm-hmm. in a film called Witch, um, but I've not seen that witchcraft side of things yet. But I'm just generally. I'm not a fan of films about possession, but I do love The Exorcist. But other than that, you know how there's certain sort of genres where you go, ooh, that looks good. And then there's certain ones where you're like, I don't really care about that. Witchcraft yeah. and possession is kind of one of my, yeah. You know, if somebody tells me it's a really good film, I might watch it. But, you know, mm-hmm. so I watched that one. And uh, I am not quite sure what I'm going to watch next. What have you got lined up to watch next? Or do you not think that far ahead? No, I don't really think that far ahead. Um, I'm just hoping some of these streaming platforms have uh, dropped something <laughs> new on there. Um, I, uh, Me and Nicole finished um, the um, seven-year switch uh, yes. Australia um, season one and oh, season okay. two. Um, we then watched sev- seven-year switch um, UK um which wasn't as good as the Australian one. Okay. Um we then watched Seven Year Switch USA and that's what we're watching <laughs> at the You're moment. You're liking all the stars off. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. interesting, you know, you you see some of uh, these couples and you know why they kind of um you know, they've only been together kind of a few years and they're already at the the point of, you know, nearly ripping each other's uh, hair out and uh, you know one of them's banished to sleeping on the couch. Do you think, really? You know, you should just pause. Yes. You just want to see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the time where um, two of the uh, the switched... Well, when a switched couple actually um, 
gets interested in the party that they've been switched with. I, I think that'd make for really good viewing. Haven't found it yet, but I think there are good. websites where you can find that sort of thing. Allegedly, <laughs> I wouldn't obviously know personally, but I, but I believe they are out there. So uh, you know, do a bit of research, whatever. But uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, you know, it's it's just see what pops up. It's, you know, if if I could press a button and um, automatically get 50 new items onto Prime, uh, Netflix and Now TV. I'd be well, really happy. you've got happy. Stir Crazy on Netflix. You've got In Search of the Last Action Heroes on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's like four and a half hours for you to keep you quiet. So I've finished off the remake. Or is it, I don't know if it's, it's the reimagining of Stephen King's The Stand, which is the nine-episode mm-hmm. uh, show that's come out. I still love the original miniseries, the one I got you. I really do. Yeah. It's, uh, I enjoyed this new one. but And I was chatting to Annette about it. I said, the problem that any show that tries to do something along the lines of the world's gone to hell, it, a majority of people have been wiped out from whatever, re, you know, whatever, be it a disease, be it a bomb, mm-hmm. and then we've got to survive. The, the Walking Dead's done it. And you, yeah. you're not going to... And I like The Walking Dead, but it's not like... You know, if I do a top 10 of my all-time favourite shows ever, Walking Dead might not even be in it. But when it comes to post-apocalyptic stuff, The Walking Dead is the best example ever of anything post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And this was the problem with The Stand. It just... You know, when I watched the the, the version I got you, it, it was so epic. Because it was like, this has happened to the world. There's only a small amount of people there. And what we're going to do? And there's bad people. And we're good people. So we need to... Uh, you know, we need to conflict. And we need to overcome the bad. And it mm-hmm. felt massively epic. But watching this new one, it was like... Okay, I get where your problems are, but at least you ain't got zombies, <laughs> that sort of thing. And it just felt, and so it was weird. I, I ended up tweeting Mick Garris, who did the original one, the one I got you, and because uh, he didn't mm-hmm. do this new one, but he does have a very cool cameo in the last episode. I said, uh, I will always love the original miniseries. However, this new one feels like a very impressive cover version of an original song that I'll always love. And that was the only way I could think how to sum it up. It's like, I like a new one. It's certainly not terrible, Mm -hmm. but I will always go back and watch the original ones. Uh, Some of that might just be nostalgia, but it was uh, because they tagged on a new ending to this new one. And it was a, they made this whole big thing about, oh, Stephen King's written a new ending and blah, blah, blah. And you go, well, this is going to be really cool. So how's, what's this new ending going to be? And it's not. It's just like a, a an epilogue that really wasn't needed. It really wasn't. So we, we'd sort of <laughs> concluded the story that we were familiar with because Annette's read the book and seen the miniseries and I've read the book and seen the miniseries. So we'd finished that story and we're like, we've still got like 40 minutes left. What the hell's going to go on? And it was just like two characters just going off and having a little mini adventure and getting into a bit of trouble and then everything was okay. And you're like, why Why was that a last episode? Last episodes are supposed yeah. to be the big the big climax, so to speak. Um, but but I certainly wouldn't say it's terrible. It just I prefer the one that I got you on Blu-ray and that I've got on Blu-ray. There will be a reason yeah. that when I want to watch the stand, I will go back and watch the one that I've got on disc. So I've watched mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've started season three of Marcella, which I talked about season two before. Uh, I've managed to persuade Annette to cancel mm-hmm. her BritBox because she's, she's she's literally not watched anything on it for like four months. 
And <laughs> I'm like, why have you got it? She went, well, because you're watching stuff on it. I'm like, that's, that's not the question. I'm watching like one show on it. Why, have, why are you paying six quid a month or whatever for something that you're just not using? She went, oh, I suppose I'll cancel it. So she's cancelled it and we've got it until like the 10th of March or something. So I've, I've got seven episodes of Marcella to watch. Um, and it's it's really good. It's, it, season two, was the first two episodes were really good. And then episode three went, right, uh, seatbelt on. Right, we're off now. Woohoo! And then it just took off and became some of the best TV I've ever seen. And then season three is kind of doing the same thing, slightly slower paced, but it's three episodes in, and then you could just see it ramping up now, and you're like, whoa, I guess we're off for another ride then. So uh, Marcella's a great <laughs> show, so I'm loving that. And um, we're still carrying on with our West Wing uh, watch through. We're halfway through season four, so we're doing quite well. But uh, it, it does feel a bit of a slog when you're watching these shows with 20 odd episodes, doesn't it? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I think um, at the moment, um, I'm, uh, as you heard uh, last week, we're watching WandaVision. Um, we caught up on the latest episode um, earlier tonight. So, uh, you know, that's going well. And in a way, I'm quite enjoying the one episode yeah. a week, you know, watching it, you know. It, slowed things down rather than watching them all in one go and for this show I'm well, quite I was chatting it. to Annette the other night about binge watching and I was saying you know what do we class as binge watching and some people you know like what say one division in its entirety dropped on Disney tomorrow some people would spend all day watching it and that's definitely a binge watch for me a binge watch is watching an episode a day for like you know a week or just over a week that's I'm happy to class that as binge watching mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. I think some shows work better if you binge watch them. Some don't. I think The Walking Dead mm-hmm. definitely works better if you binge watch because I've done, I've done that both ways. Uh, and I think The Walking Dead, if you watch it week to week, certainly in some seasons, it's like ugh. Especially if you hit a slow, dull episode, you think, oh, for God's yeah. sake, really? Got wait a week for something decent. But if you binge watch it, you've got to carry out. You know, you've got like an hour to wait, and then you can watch another one. So how are you enjoying One Division mm-hmm. then? Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I still benefit from watching it with an American because yeah. um, for those who don't know the show, every show is based on a certain American yeah. sitcom, and I'm there going, I've got no idea what's this one, and uh, then you know I'll be like, uh, I think uh, tonight was Malcolm in the Middle. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And, you know, I've got no idea what Malcolm in the Middle is. I've heard of the name, and that's good enough for me, and off I go. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I, I know, like, so, the uh, Isle of so, yeah. Lucy and, and Bewitched and, and stuff like yeah. that, but I fully suspect mm-hmm. at some point when I'll be like, Rob, find out what episode four was. <laughs> just let me know. Because I'm saving <laughs> them till they're all till they're all up, and then I will just spend a week just watching them all. I've avoided spoilers for the most but because uh, I think you can do on the internet, can't you? And, you know, these people go, "Oh no, spoil!" Sometimes you will trip up and you'll see one because some people are dicks and just don't care. Uh, but generally, I think it's, unless you click on the one division hashtag, I think you'll be okay avoiding the spoilers. <laughs> but uh, you yeah, that seems to work for me for for pretty much every show except for The Walking yeah. Dead. I have to watch it else I I am guaranteed someone will spoil. Same with it Game for of me. Thrones, wasn't it? That was terrible, oh, yeah. and Breaking Bad was also pretty bad when that was on. 
because uh, you had to watch it. Mm. I mean, I remember Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and Breaking Bad, it would be a case of, well, I've not watched a new episode yet. I'm staying off the internet. And then you would get yeah. into your workplace and go, anybody that's watched it, shut up, because I've not watched it yet. And you would have to actually tell them to shush. But uh, And then somebody walks out of the kitchen with a coffee and opens yeah. the mouth. Oh, it's like Joffrey. Thanks. Brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but yeah, so what have you got planned for your coming week? I haven't really gone back at work tomorrow, so there's not a right lot for me to do other than just go over my little book again and you know see what's what. Uh, I, I'm uh, doing that wonderful thing um, called accounting. Oh, Sounds exciting. Um, yeah, um, I've uh, I've decided to trial some new software. So uh, uh, I've been um, for for the last few days tapping in numbers and uploading invoices and receipts and all that kind of goodness. And uh, yeah, so I'll be doing a bit more of that and. Uh, I've got a few other things to do as well, so I'll be Good. keeping busy. And you've got your fish to look at as well whenever you you get a little bit stressed and you can just go look at the fish. So it's not too bad. Yes. And they look back yeah, at you as well. Because they are. They're, you know, they're live things too. Yeah, they're like, look at that big yeah. ugly thing. Just don't tap at the... Don't do the glass tapping thing. They don't no, like they don't that, like which that. Is, you know, we used to do that as kids. I mean, nobody knew. I'd like to know how they find out that, that that the fish don't like it. How how did that become a thing? Uh, Elon Musk, so I think is. he uh, wired one up to a, a console or something like that. And uh, it's like William yeah, Shatner. That was that. <laughs> Actually, when fish don't like it, be told. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm trying to write a new short script based on a very famous horror movie that can be shot remotely from two households so that's one of my little tasks so I've I've got everything ready for that, it's an idea I had years and years ago and I was going to appear in it myself um, but didn't and I've now decided to try and start writing the script of that again so I'll be like I've got it, I've got the perfect yeah. idea for you because you want two yeah. households what it is is, is in the modern day and age uh, lockdowns happened and uh, two friends have found out how to, to keep communicating um, during this this time of trouble. So um, they got a couple of styrofoam cups, um, a big <laughs> piece of string, and uh, yeah, it all starts there. But when the, the string is mysteriously cut and something starts pulling itself in, that's when it all goes to hell. I will. I will, I will let you go. make that one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna try and Abel, Abel, Abel can, Abel can do that. Because I'm telling you, it's goats, my friend. Oh, it's God, goats. goats. Yeah, disturbing goat gifts that he's sharing. <laughs> I'm, I've barely slept this week, and I'm pretty sure it's because of the scary damn goat memes. Very disturbing. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna try and write that. Uh, just keep myself busy. I've also got to watch the film that I was sent that I'm in, which is a very weird experience. So I've I've seen the bits where I'm in it and I've made the final cut, so I'm quite happy about that, even though it's a bit weird that I'm in it. Um, and it's, it's with Danny Thompson as well. I'm actually in a movie with Danny Thompson, so that's very, very cool. And uh, so I've got to watch that, do a little bit of review, and try and get some quotes. Uh, do you reckon I get away with a quote saying, oh my God, the guy at the pool table was amazing. He needs his own Can film. 
one, one last thing. Um, you just say you need to get some no. goats. No, no, we don't need no. any goats. We need to just kill the goat. I'm, I'm sure that's what you just said. You know, uh, I, some I need to get quotes, some goats. Some poster quotes. There is no such thing as poster mm-hmm. goats, nor. No, no, Abel, I'm sure it was goats. Uh, what do Abel, you think? Send those gifts. No, Abel, don't think. Just, just, just type, <laughs> Abel, just type. Um, so, yeah, so I've got to do that. Uh, I'm going to go through some of my book again. And then at some point when I've done that part, I've got to actually write up the past 10 years of my life, which is no easy project. But, you know, uh, and I'm just going to try and watch a bunch of movies. So have we got any... Uh, homework for the next episode, Rob. Oh, in a, in probably about a month, you will have mm-hmm. uh, you'll have a, a week off now, unless you want to join in this mm-hmm. episode. The reason being is somebody from Grimfest will be coming on the podcast, and she was like, "So what? What do you want to talk about?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, I have no clue at the minute. So let me try and come up with something." But Comedy. then a little while back, I'd asked Stu Miller. I said, "Right, I want you to put your put your brain together and come up with a list of horror films that people would like if they're not really horror fans." So I'm thinking that's what the episode is going to be about. So I'm going to ask uh, Grimfest to come up with their list and Stu Miller to come up with his. So what do you, you can join in that one if you want. If you can do your own list, then you can do. Um, and then that'll be in like a month, I think. I don't know why I picked a month. I think well, I think I picked a month because I looked at my work times, and the, the, the next Sundays or whatever would be that one. So I think that's what that's what that'll be. Mm. So at some point you can, you can either have the week off or that'll be the homework. But I'll let you know a little bit closer to the time for that. So okay. have we got any homework for next week? You can set some if you wish. Well, we should have some. We should have some. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can come up with some off air, or if there's anything spur of the moment. Yeah. It's not goats for God. I can't. I know there's a film called The Men Who Stare <laughs> at Goats, but I think the goat thing needs to just be put to sleep now. <laughs> not the goats don't, but you know, maybe maybe the topic does. Um, but now you can come up with some homework. Send me a text, and then we'll uh, we'll have we'll like do. a week. Yeah, we'll have a week um, to come up and sort it out. So there you go. And uh, I've got a nice little video to watch at some point where Neil has been showing off yet again and he has sent me a video where he is sat at the location where they filmed Starship Troopers. So thanks, Neil. So I might save all these videos and just start making up my uh, experiencing the location video just with all these little videos that Neil sends me around. <laughs> so I could just be an editor and not actually be in this film. So, you know. But again... I really want to see the the video where where Neil's kind of, you know, filming himself in this location. Then he turns the camera, and uh, for Starship Troopers, a bug just kind of. Jumps it may well between. do because he only sent me the video earlier, and I've not managed to watch it yet. So it is a possibility. Mm-hmm. So that may happen. So, um, but yeah, my film of the week is In Search of the Last Action Heroes on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It's stupidly easy to watch. It's free and it's massively interesting. So uh, go go check that out. What's your film of the week, Rob? Oh, um, it's difficult. They were they were all so good, but um, let's go with Greenland. Okay. I'm going to try and check that out before uh, before the next episode as well. Just because you know I'm all about the uh, you know 
post-apocalyptic stuff. We should do it. But we should. That's, that's what we should do yeah. at some point. Is it as our top ten post-apocalyptic movies? Don't watch them all though, because you've been in such a depressed mood by uh, by the end of that marathon. But I think we could probably. There we go. Next week we're talking about post-apocalyptic. Okay. Movies. So should we do a top ten of our favourite ones? Yeah, we'll do a top ten. We'll try and mm-hmm. watch a few um over the you know that we can talk about as well and right. uh yeah that works that was easy for go. you and I'm, I'm glad you came up with that one rob yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> always will you enjoy me. your evening say hi to the fish for me all all 10 of them <laughs> you too. and uh i will probably have a chat to you tomorrow do. at some point okay sounds good take care bye take care bye-bye <laughs>